It's the Questions Hip Hop Podcast. My name is Sean Cantruitz. I'm your host. Back at it with another episode for you. This is a classic episode that was voted on by the members of the Questions Patreon. They chose to bring this archival episode back out of the crates, and I'm so glad that they did. This is episode number 49, originally broadcast on Instagram Live on July 13th, 2020, and it is with the incredible, incomparable Kim Osorio, one of hip-hop's most important journalists. She has written for Billboard. She's written for Vibe. She's written for XXL. She was the first woman to be the editor-in-chief at The Source. While she was in that position, the magazine boasted its two highest-selling issues to date, uh, right after around the turn of the century. And one could easily make the argument that after she left The Source, the magazine definitely went into a spiraling decline. There's a lot more to that story and that take that I just had, and I won't get into it here, but Kim is great. She has also found a second career in the world of television, executive producing reality TV shows like Love and Hip Hop, Growing Up Hip Hop. Are you sensing a trend here? Kim is hip hop to the fullest. Um, Again, this was broadcast in 2020, so you'll have to understand some of the lockdown talk, the talk about Kanye, the talk about a rumored at the time Black Star album. This is a capsule in time, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Another thing I think you're going to enjoy, man, smooth transitions. Another thing I think you're going to enjoy is becoming a member of the Questions Patreon. For $5 a month, you can support this show and also get access to a bunch of other exclusive content that includes early access to episodes, bonus material that doesn't make it into the episode, voting on what episodes or what albums we do for the Making Illmatic, um, dialogue you know, that we get to have together as a community. Uh, I share some things that I don't share anywhere else, like some essays, some articles, some just, you know, conversations that if you are listening to this podcast regularly, you're probably going to get something out of. There's playlists. There's a whole lot more. You should hit up the link to the show notes that I have uh, to join the Patreon, or you can also go to patreon.com slash the questions hip hop. I am so close to being able to share with you the dates and locations for the rescheduled Almanac of Rap Questions Tour that I'm bringing back to New York City, and I'm bringing it back for the first time, I guess, because we had to cancel it back in August because I was having some issues with my foot. I've talked about it on here. I don't want to continue to talk about it, but I'm on the mend. Coming back real soon, me, Don Will, Don Will of Tanya Morgan of the Almanac of Rap podcast. We are going to be doing the damn thing. Things are getting solidified in really in the next few days. If I publish these not on Mondays, I'd be able to have the information all here, but that's not how it's squared up. So I'm just going to say, if you're in New York or the surrounding areas, I'd be on the lookout. I'd pencil in on your calendar right now, October 11th through the 18th. There's going to be more info real soon. You can always go to questionshiphop.com and sign up for the mailing list so you don't have to keep your eyes or your ears open. I will send you information directly that I think you should know. It'll go right into your inbox, and I promise I'm not going to spam you with anything else. You can ask other people. I'm easily maybe sending out one email a month at this point. Um, but hey, maybe you want more. And if you want more, let me know. And I, I'll, we can set up maybe separate email systems. And we could become electronic pen pals, we could say. 
Um, dial the number on your screen right now. No, there is no dial. There is no screen. That, I mean, you're there is a screen because you're on this, but you get it. This is an audio podcast. This is a joke that has just gone a little off the off the rails, and it wasn't even really a well thought out joke to begin with. You know what? Screw all this. We're gonna get into it. This is a classic episode of the Questions Hip Hop featuring Kim Osorio. can do right now <laughs> um what's i had some wine i had some wine so let me just first make that confession so every answer that i get wrong it's because i've had wine that is an absolutely fair alibi uh right here okay she's got the proof she's got it there she knows what she's doing um, how, uh, how has your quarantine been? How, what, what have you been up to? Like, what, what is currently on your agenda uh, in, in all of this? I will say that quarantine has been pretty good to me. <laughs> I have been um, surrounded by a lot of love, a lot of people that I love. And the good thing about not going to work is that you get to be around people you choose right there's no office politics or anything like that no, no office politics uncomfortable water cooler talk the people who you're talking to in the water cooler are people if they're there you've elected for them to be there you know uh that's, people want to know what, what i'm drinking so i'm yes. drinking a riesling okay came over um a friend's house that has been very kind she has fed me very well Amazing. And um, she has fed us. There's people making cameos, unwarranted cameos in my video. We're all about cameos. Oh, <laughs> come on. Whoa. I, I couldn't <laughs> know. I'll first. be here <laughs> on time. Hello. Wow. And goodbye. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is the first of maybe many cameos of, of former people on the show. I was going to say. She's really, she's really my friend. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> listen, Ivy Rivera, we never. We never doubted it. We never doubted it. It's 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 all good. But I was going to say, having you on our show, 
this I feel like we're in a video game where we're at like the final boss. Like really? Had, yeah, because we had uh, Kathy Ian Dolly. She or she was one of our earlier guests, and she yes, was like, Kathy. "You got to get Kim." And then we, when we had Ivy on a few weeks ago, Ivy was like, "You got to get Kim." So I feel like we unlocked like the Kim Osorio badge here. Um, so do whatever with that. Thank that you. you. Will. Yeah, no, it is a compliment. And then yeah. that's powerful women in hip hop. Absolutely. And then you know, you guys really need to go after Angie Martinez. Listen. You make it sound as though we have an agenda that we don't want Angie Martinez. We would love Angie Martinez. You have to go after her for this okay. show. Okay. I, I'll, I'll get her on the line. We'll, we'll see yes. what we can do. Yeah. Yes. I get Angie on the her. phone. Yes. <laughs> We're, I want exactly. you to test her hip hop knowledge. We, we would be honored to have her. So, you know, if, if you have a way of making that happen later, we can, you know, we would appreciate any help. Um, so listen, you're here. We're happy to have you on the show. If you guys have questions for Kim, if we have a little bit of time, uh, we'll do a little Q&A. So drop them in that little question and answer box. She may be getting progressively more buzzed as the show goes on. So it's sort of, you might get better answers. <laughs> we'll wait until, <laughs> wait until the end. Listen. Hey, Juju. You see Juju, hey, Juju on there? Shout out to Juju. Yep. Um, all right, here we go. We're going to get into our first round, Kim. And our first round is called The Choice is Yours. This is general multiple choice. And Kim, I will also say we have there's sort of two schools of thought when it comes to this game. We have guests who are hardcore. I'm not looking at the chat. The, the, the chat's not giving me answers. And then other people who lean on the chat. We don't judge, but just know that the chat is there if you feel stumped. But That's like my lifeline? The chat that is your lifeline. that is your limitless lifeline. Yeah, there's no limitations on it. They're there, but I will say, and I always have to put this preface in: the chat is not always correct. They they just they're very vocal, but they're not always correct. They be so, trying to throw people off, huh? Yeah, they do. They do yep. do that sometimes. All right, so here we go. First question: This rapper turned construction worker stars in a reality show on the DIY network in which he renovates homes. Is it Vanilla Ice? It's A Vanilla Ice. She's going for it. Vanilla Ice is correct. I think this is maybe the first Vanilla Ice question we ever had, but, you know, we had it in here because you are somebody who has had a lot of success and done a lot of work in reality television. Um, Thank you. I'm not even complimenting you. I'm just stating facts. Like, you you have done some amazing things, loving hip-hop, um, Hustle in Brooklyn. Uh, I think amazing is a, is a compliment. I would take okay. it as a compliment. That's fair. Do you think that reality television gets more of a bad rap than it deserves? Because I think like for a while, like a lot of people sort of shit on it. And I'm curious to you as like a hip hop head. I know that you're somebody who is never going to hold back your opinions on things. So like, what do you sort of see like the like the scope of reality television today? I guess. I mean, it's 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 it has gotten a bad rap sometimes. But again, I feel like. What we do in reality TV is we turn the cameras on. Um, and yes, they're not on 24 hours a day. So you have to focus in on maybe, you know, certain scenarios and certain situations that you know are going to drive ratings. Um, but you are free to do what you want to do in front of the camera. So I think that we need more stories being told. And maybe because... 
there aren't enough stories being told in hip hop. Um, that's giving us a limited view of the reality that we are seeing. Absolutely. Somebody said, true story. I quit my job as a hip hop DJ to work in reality TV. Oh, shout out the real doc justice. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an industry folks. Yeah, I get it. All right. We're moving on to our second question. Here we go. In 1999, Gangstar released their, you know, my steez three men and a lady remix. Who was the lady on the song? Was it Lil Kim, Lady Gaga, Lady, See, Lady of Rage? Wait, am I supposed to wait? You can do whatever you want. You seem authoritative okay. if you cut me off, but you seem polite if you wait. So either way it works. You, you don't look bad in any uh, in any circumstance. So you're going with Lady of Rage, you said. Let's go with Lady of Rage. Lady of Rage is correct. That's too right for me, Ivy. That's too right. I'm on a roll like even a, with the wine. Even with the wine. She's, she put the handicap in and she's still killing it. Is there like a rivalry between you and Ivy right now? Like, are you comparing Not at all. Not right. at all. Listen, the last thing I would want to do is pit two women in hip-hop against each other because that never happens. That's, that's just not a thing that people do. Um, you know, you were editor-in-chief at The Source uh, at like the peak of their sort of commercial success and you've been in the game like for a minute. Um... Do you, I feel like it sort of has changed a bit for women who, who rap. I never like to use the term female MCs because I feel like that's kind of played a little bit. But like, mm-hmm. who are some of the, who are some of the, are there any emerging voices that are women that are really catching your eye? Do you, do you have your ear like to the streets in that sense about women who rap? Not as much as I used to, but there are definitely, like there's, there are some um, artists that I follow on Instagram that I love. I love watching Lady London. Mm. I love her. I think she's great. So I don't follow as much, but when I do see the talent, um, you know, I become a fan of just the, the art form. So there's no label attached. There's like, it's just straight bars. And those, you know, I, I see that. She's the first one that comes to mind, but there are a few of them out of there that are really doing their thing. And I follow them. Absolutely. All right. We got Kim Osorio in the house. Uh, drop some questions in that question box for later if you guys want to pick her brain because she's got a lot of knowledge in that brain. And that's why we have you on the show. And that's uh, why we're getting into our next question. 1995 hip hop documentary, The Show, features a candid tour bus argument between members of this group. Is it Outkast, Junior Mafia, Wu-Tang Clan, or Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth? Who was arguing on the bus, Kim Osorio? C, Wu-Tang Clan. She says C. And that is absolutely correct. There was some tension between some of the members. Uh, I just recently watched the uh, Russell Simmons documentary, which featured uh, the woman who basically, um, she, uh, her name is Drew, uh, help me out here, do you know her name? Do you remember her name? Hello? You're breaking up a little bit. Uh, Okay. I was saying that... uh, Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? I do. You're a little muffled, but I hear you. Okay. I was just saying that uh, the woman uh, who produced, executive produced this album was uh, featured in that documentary. And I wanted to know, have you ever considered doing documentaries? Like, have you done documentaries? I know you've done a lot of reality shows. Those are kind of documentaries. um, But, like... Do you see documentary work in your future or something you'd, you'd like to do more of? 
Um, so you were breaking up a little bit, but did you ask me if I watched the documentary? I did. I didn't, but that's good to know. Yeah, like, you. so tell me, what, what did you think of the documentary when you watched it? I mean, I would, it's hard to give a, a, a sort of review in um, a couple of, um, you know, uh, sentences, just because it's such a serious topic for women. Yeah. Um, and I am someone who has uh, worked for Russell Simmons before. And so that was not my experience. I can only speak to my experience. Um, I did not know him around that time. Right. Uh, so, you know, there are a lot of women speaking out and I'm very supportive of women who are getting their stories out. So Absolutely. I really can't speak personally to that particular situation, but I did watch the talk. And a lighter follow-up question, which was actually what I was asking, but it was breaking up. Uh, do you have any ambitions to do a, a documentary yourself about anything, like about any topic? Like, I know you've worked in reality. Like, do, do you sort of, are there more things in the documentary space that you want to explore as well? Yeah, I currently, um, there is a documentary that we've been working on for a couple of years. It's called Tale of the Tape. It's all about the mixtape culture and hip hop. Um, wow. That's like in the finishing stages. So we're really excited about that just because obviously mixtape culture and what it's become is a big part of what has, um, you know, helped a lot of artists. So I'm excited about that. And then I'm in the process of starting um, another documentary project that I can't talk about. I, I, felt, about that, her, I felt that coming. Yeah, I, I, I heard that. I heard that coming. But I could tell it's exciting by the way you kind of like pause. And you're like, I can't <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> but mm -hmm. we, we will check for it. And the, the mixtape thing Thank sounds you. amazing. Yeah, I mean, yes, the, I, tale of the tape. Tale of the tape. Is so, any estimated, like, do we, is, is it too soon to say when that's going to be released or you're in the finishing stages now? We're definitely, we're putting the finishing touches on it. We just um, had the VO recorded. Um, shout out to Royce who did the VO on the doc for us. And oh, um, nice. yes, so we are just in the negotiating stages uh, of it. And um, we have a lot of people in the documentary. So it's really, it's a really great thing. Well, we will definitely check for that. That's right up our alley. Let's get into the last question of this round. February 23rd, 1999 was the release date for all of these hip hop albums, except for one of them. Was it Eminem, the Slim Shady LP, Nas, I Am, Prince Paul, Prince Among Thieves, or The Roots, Things Fall Apart? You're going to mess up my three for three. You're going to mess up my streak here. <laughs> well, let, let's see what the chat says. If you're, if you're not sure, we can, we can lean on the chat here. It was one of those like mm -hmm. sort of historic release dates. I don't know. Were you working at The Source at that time? No, I was writing for The Source. So I'm going to go ahead let me let me see here. I know. Hmm. You know we had to pull out some of the big guns for you, Kim. We couldn't just give you all like softballs here. You thought the first three were softballs? I answered <laughs> them really quickly, huh? Yeah. Um. Hmm. Nobody's helping me in the chat. February twenty. There's a little bit of a delay on the chat. Mm, I'm going to say B, Nas is I am. She says Nas is I am. Let's see if her and the chat were correct. She is absolutely correct. That was the album that did not come out on that day. Four for four. Four for four. Listen, she came here to win. She's not fucking around. She, she knows what she's doing here. 
It is my wine. I heard a really funny story recently. I think it was on Questlove Supreme where uh, Amir Questlove Thompson, who's going to be on our show on Thursday, described you coming to the studio when they were working on Things Fall Apart. Do you remember this? Of course. Did he talk about that? Does he remember that? He did. And and I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I think it was in a recent episode, but he sort of describes this, uh, this process where he sort of wanted to make a song on the spot to impress you. Um, and it, he, in his mind, he was like, yeah, this is just like smoke and mirrors to like really sell the source on the idea. Like, oh, it's a band and they're in the studio. And it wound up being uh, one of the songs that made the album. I believe it was uh, Ain't Saying Nothing New, I think was the, was the track. I don't remember for sure. But 100% what, Dundee. 100% Dundee. Wow. And what are your memories of that? Like, was because because I heard he, we've heard his side of it because he just spoke on it recently. Maybe we'll ask him about it on Thursday. But like, what was that experience like for you? I didn't even know that. I definitely want to um, hear what his version was. But I remember we were in Philly, um, going to the studio. I was writing a column in the source called "Back to the Lab," where you okay. went in at the beginning stages of a project. He sure. was working on things fall apart and no other members of the roots showed up to the interview. It was just quest love and Scott Storch. Ah. And that's where I met Scott Storch. And, um, they were in the studio and they basically created the beat. And later on in the liner notes of things fall apart, he talked about what you're talking about being in the studio to making music to impress a journalist. <laughs> uh, but d- did he name, I don't think he named you or did he name you in the liner notes or was it just, ah, oh, okay. So it's like it the secret not. reveal. Like it, it was the slow burn. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Were there, aside from that one, were there any, like, I know that I'm sure as a writer for the source in, in that time, you, you did so many of things like that, but were there any other like highlights that really stick out to you? Like that you're looking back like, damn, I was in the studio when blank was working on blank. Um, okay. So if I'm, hmm, there were so many times like that, but if you're digging into my memory for real, yeah. um, and this is a hip hop show. I remember being in the studio before I was even really working with the Source magazine uh, while the artifacts were recording um, Come On With The Get Down. What? <laughs> Shout out to Destroy, who we had on the show uh, a few <laughs> weeks ago as well. We were, uh, this is like a hip hop, this is your life. Like, <laughs> we should yeah, bring, yeah. Bring it all back in, yeah. Um, yeah, and amazing. there was there were a couple of, of, of um, studio sessions that I remember, like in the infant stages of a, a song. Yeah. Um, that was an early one, early '90s. So I remember that was my first experience really seeing how a record is made. Right. I guess it's a miss. It's a mixed experience too, because sometimes it could be really enthralling. But I've definitely been in studios where it's just hours of just like nothing really happening or, or people writing or, you know, like it's not, it's not always magic, but that's really dope that you were able to witness so much magic, you know, in, in those experiences. Yeah. You know, by the time I got to the slaughterhouse phase, it was like, I just go to the studio and crash on the couch. 
You heard it here first, folks. Yes, sir. All right, we're getting into our second round. So far, Kim Osorio, you are flawless. Four for four. Our second round is called Picasso Baby. So in this round, I'm going to show you a small piece of an album cover, and you have to identify what the album is by the little piece that you see. So we're going to test your eyes now. What album is this? It's a tight shot of a shirtless man's torso. He's holding both of his hands up in the air, and he is covered with and dripping red blood. Is it Necro, Gory Days, DMX, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, Ace Hood, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, or RJD2, Dead Ringer? That would be B, DMX, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. That is absolutely correct, DMX. I feel like you must five have... Five for five, Ivy, five for five. Five, five for five, Ivy, take that, exactly. Um, <laughs> I feel like you must have a DMX story from being at the source in the era that you were in. DMX was killing the game at that era. I definitely have a DMX story. Can you, can you share it? Or? Uh... Mm. It's from BET. I have a few. Okay. I'm thinking of, of um of, family friendly uh, version. Wait, no, no, no. I have a I have a, a early DMX story. Early. So I remember he was in the studio recording. What was he working on? This is like '98. So maybe maybe it was this album. But yeah. I think it was Electric Lady. I was there yeah. writing a a story on Foxy Brown. Mm. And there was a mouse running loose. <laughs> I just remember a mouse at Electric Lady. <laughs> Did DMX bark at the mouse at any point? Because that would no, feel like it would be something on brand for him. No? Okay. I think it was, I think he found it very comical that there was a mouse running loose. You heard it here fo first, folks. A mouse was playing an integral part into the second DMX album, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. Here we go. Next question from Miss Kim Osorio. What album cover is this? It's a tight shot on a face, really just the eyes, staring directly into the camera. I mean, this one, look, looking back, this was a pretty easy crop. This is very obviously most deaf staring directly at you, the viewer. You're never going to believe this. Spoiler alert, Kim definitely gets this one right. Yeah, I feel like you already know. I don't know if I should even read the choices. You seem, it seems like you're having a moment of recognition right now. That would be D, most deaf, black on both sides. She says D. That is most deaf, black on both sides. Let me ask you this. This is, this is floating around the... the is that six for six? Am you I are six for good? six. Yes, yes. Listen, I'll... We will let you know when you get one wrong. Well, we'll just assume that you're getting them all right until that changes. Six for uh, six, guys. Six for six. Represent. Um, have you been keeping up with this Black Star album shenanigans that are happening? Uh, like, how tapped in are you to, to, to what's going on with, like, because you're in the world of TV now, so I imagine, like, you can't be as finger on the pulse as, as you were when you were hanging out with rats. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So... I'll give you a little recap, but basically, allegedly, there is a Black Star album that is done. We've been hearing this for years. The Black Star has only put out one album in 1998, I want to say it was. Um, but allegedly, there is an all Mad Lib produced Black Star album that is done. And Salib Kweli is upset, and he says that Mad Lib's people are holding it up. And I guess Quali has done a lot of crazy shit even since that happened. He, he seems to be raging on Twitter a lot. But uh, yeah, 
Was Twitter a net positive or a net negative for MCs? You were around before there was Twitter and you're around now in the age of Twitter. Positive or negative? It has its positives and it has its negatives. Remember, there was a time when the source served as a filter to what the artist could say. I think some artists can handle it. They know how to edit themselves. And then other artists just have diarrhea of the mouth and can't stop talking, tweeting, and looking for constant attention. And that is, a, I think, it's, it's sometimes not so positive for our community when you, know, you have the access to your audience at your fingertips that you can just get stuff out there. Um, right. It really shows you how important a publicist is to an artist's and, career. And media training. Like, media training was, like, a thing. It, it was, like, a thing for, like, it was part of a rollout. Like, when you were putting an album out, when you were getting ready to do press, for, for those who don't know, like, the publicist would sit with the artists and kind of coach them and be like, hey, like, here's some types of questions that you might get. Like, how are you going to answer this? Oh, you know, maybe, maybe you could say it more like this. It, it, you know, I understand, too, that it's, like, it there is a merit and a value to having an unfiltered message because a lot of times things could get lost in the sauce. But yeah, sometimes without naming names, people, uh, you know, maybe need a little coaching. You think? We, we saw it today. We saw it this morning. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, Kanye for president? No. All right, here we go. Last question in the round. What album cover is this? It's the head of a polar bear with its mouth open and it appears to be laying down on a white floor. Is it Rick Ross, Rich Forever, Rock Marciano, Marcy Boku, Lil' Kim Hardcore, or Foxy Brown, Il Nana? I'm gonna go with B. You're going with B, Rock Marciano? Yep. Let's see what that answer is. It was Lil' Kim's Hardcore. Oh, man. Up, finally. Listen, Why did I remember that dog thing? It, it, I believe it's a polar bear. It looks like it's a polar bear rug. Um, it's a polar bear rug. You're right. Dog, polar bear, same shit. I think it proves a point. I think most of the men in the audience had this poster hanging on their wall. Right. They probably have me me like memorized it. Um, and you maybe had a different relationship with the album. You know, you, you listened to it, but you weren't ogling the, uh, the polar bear. Not at all. I'm very familiar with that album cover. I'm surprised I got that wrong. This one I'll blame on the wine. She's blaming it on the wine, folks. Yes, sir. All right. Kim, you're doing great so far. We're not going to dwell on this. We're moving forward. We're going into our third round, and the third round is called Digging in the Crates. So in this round, we're going to ask you questions about samples, and I'm going to play the sample and you'll have to answer based on what you hear. So we're, now we're testing your ears. So, so far, pretty good streak. Here we go. Frankie Smith's Double Dutch Bus was sampled by this artist for their 2002 single. I'll play you the sample in question now. Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott is correct. 
dude's making wildly original, wacky music. Like, is was that sort of the like that's just a crazy sample to throw in on on something? Like, I love. I don't it. know. Yeah, I loved it too. Yeah, I'm not knocking it at all. But like, was her emergence into like the sort of hip hop stratosphere at that time? Was it as embraced as we look back on it now? Like, was she sort of like embraced wholeheartedly or was the stuff ever too weird for some people? I don't think so. I think when she first came out, it was, you know, she was straddling this line between hip hop, R&B, pop music. And the sound to her music was, you know, something that we weren't used to hearing. I think she definitely had a unique sound to to her music. Absolutely, yeah. Super needed, much, much yes. needed. And now when we look back at just the originality of the type of artist that she is, I think that there's more accolades there than there were back then when she first came out. Sure, but, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. People are going to, you know, revere somebody even more once they, you know. But, yeah, somebody just said Missy is still underrated. I would say that's true, too, you know. Like, she really broke a lot of boundaries, you know, wasn't afraid to experiment. And that's, like, super, super necessary. Some of the best music videos, I think, of the genre. Like, you know, she really did. That's her lane. You cannot take that away from her. Like, that is her lane. Like, she definitely dominates Absolutely. All right, we're going to move into our second question of our third round, Kim. Schoolboy Crush by Average White Band is the sample for this 1988 Eric B. and Rakim classic. We're going a little old school on you, so let's hear it. I wanted to be before I became seen. I felt the microphone said, I like my. I was a fiend before I became a teen. I'm got it. That's not old school. Is that old school to you guys? Well, the problem with the term old school is that I noticed, like, in the early 2000s on television shows, like, on, like, 106 and Park, it used to be like, here's the old school jam of the day, and they'd throw back to, like, 1999, you know what I mean? So, like, old, what do you consider to be old school? Like, how how, do you, because it sort of is a nebulous term. Do you think that it refers to a specific era, like, a a specific, like, era of years? I think... Because when I came up, you remember when KRS-One had that line in his record about old school? Because we'll right. be the old school artists. And even in that time, I'll say around Like, that, yeah. that tip, that's how I think of it. So, like, when I came up, Cold Crush was old school, you know? And right. Grand Cas was old school. Now they are just the pioneers of the culture because they basically paved the way for what we see now so old school could just it's 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 relative to whoever's talking about it right because people just think it means like whatever preceded them basically or it's like to, to borrow from another genre like classic rock radio used to just be bands from the 60s and 70s but right. now we're we're i was telling somebody this we're like just as far from the 90s as the hip hop groups were from the records that they were sampling in the nineties and the eighties, which is one of those things that kind of makes your brain melt and you realize you're getting older and you either feel great about that or you feel frightened by it. But, uh, it's, it's, it's really a trip to sort of explore that. 
Um, all right. We're going to move on to our third and final question in this round. ASAP Rocky's smash single, Fucking Problems, samples a song by this artist and subsequently gained deceased writer Static Major a writing credit on the song. I will play you oh, the wow. song. So this is, we're going to listen to the ASAP Rocky song and who was sampled on it. She says, see, she's going for it. Aaliyah is correct. Lasers. We're bringing out the lasers for you, Tim. Um, you, uh, you worked on an Aaliyah project, correct? Mm. No, no, you, 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 I feel like you had something to do with Oh, I did. I did. I did. I don't even know half the things I've done. Look at that. So I wrote, <laughs> I wrote the script for um, one of the early shows that BET did on Aaliyah. I can't remember it, if it was called One in a Million, but it was, it was one of the first shows that they did um, after she passed. So, um, yeah. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I can't well, believe I forgot that. Hello. Listen, we are here to, to help people Bye. learn, even if it's learning things about their own career that they forgot. So this is, this is what we're here for. We're, we're, we're doing our job then. Um, I almost right. had a perfect streak. I'm so upset that I got that one answer wrong. Okay, let's you know go. Nobody has ever gotten a perfect score on this game. I this, almost had it. You almost did. But we're now at our final round, Kim. And our final round is called Time's Up. So what we're going to do is present you with an option of three categories. You get to pick one and you will have 90 seconds to answer five questions in the category of your choice. It gets, it gets real. Your, your girl, it, gets, I, it feels real. Yeah, it feels real. I I'm sweating right now. It's probably because I turned the AC off when I record these. So it's not a blowing <laughs> fan sound, but that's besides the point. Um, so here are your categories for tonight. Alphabet aerobics, which is about naming MCs based on the letter in their name. The second category is five mic albums. And the third category is let's see how well you remember the 2020 Grammy Awards. So you get to pick one of them and you will have 90 seconds to answer five questions. Five mic albums. She's going five mic albums. Okay. So how could I not? How could you not? You, it would be inappropriate if you did not. So Kim, here's the deal. You're going to have 90 seconds to answer five questions. They get increasingly harder in their scope. I'm if you scared. don't know, if you don't know a question, you can say pass and we can come back to it. If you answer a question and it's wrong, that question is dead. You can't go back to it. You can use the chat. There is a little bit of delay in the chat. Um, just something to be aware of. So okay. you are going for five by albums. I have OCs. Time's up here and it is time to 90 seconds. So when the time is up on OC, your time will be up. Are you ready? All right. These are all about five mic albums in the source. I'm scared. Here, don't be scared. We're doing this. Chat, help Kim out if she needs help. Here we go. Name all of the producers who produced on Nazi's Illmatic. Q-Tip, Pete Rock, Large Professor, L.E.S. Damn it, I'm missing somebody. DJ Premier. That is correct. Okay, second question. 
Bam. Uh, which two A Tribe Called Quest albums received a five mic review in the source? The Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders. It's actually Low End Theory people, and People's. And the I'll give album. you half points for that. I'll give you half for that. All right. Jay Z revealed that the Blueprint's hidden track "Girls, Girls, Girls" Part Two features uncredited vocals by this singer. Oh, um, pass, pass, pass. Okay, pass. she's gonna pass. Okay, name three guests who appear on Outkast's Aquemini album. Um, Aquemini, damn it. Pass, pass. I, okay. I this rapper received a five mic review for his third solo album in 2010. Third solo? Yeah, third solo album. Mm. Five? Okay. Bun B. Bun B. Bun B is correct. I'll give you that. You slid in at the last minute. Um, Kim, amazing job. We're going to go over the uh, ones that you did not get. Uh, Jay-Z revealed that the Blueprint's hidden track, Girls, Girls, Girls Part 2, features uncredited vocals from Michael Jackson. Someone put that in the chat. And, yeah, someone put that. I didn't want to go with it because I thought it might be someone else. But, okay. Right. It's, it seems a little outlandish, but it happened. Uh Three guests who appear on Outkast Equimini. You had Raekwon, Erica Badu, CeeLo Green, Sleepy Brown, George Clinton, the Goody Mob guys. Would have accepted any of those. Uh, Kim, I'm going to total your score right now. No matter what, I want you to know that you are still a champion in our eyes. Yes, I did. Um, Kim, so you said Angie Martinez is who we have to get, right? Like that I is... recommend that you guys go after Angie Martinez, find her, yeah. and see if she can beat my score. What's my score? Your score is a total of, because I'm giving you the half point, you have 11 and a half out of 15. Now, let me... let me 11 and a half out of 15. Yeah, let me tell you where you rank uh, with, with, with other people, what that puts you at here. Um I'm pulling it up right now. Do I go to the finals? You're, well, you're in the finals anytime you want to be. We are working on another version of the show on Twitch where you could go head to head, maybe. Like maybe you yeah, want, I want to go maybe, head to head. I want you want to go head to head? Let's see you and Angie duke it out. I think we should get Angie first solo so she gets a feel for what this is all about. But let me tell you who you share ranks with uh, in the 11 and a half club. You're rubbing shoulders with DJ Mr. C. You're rubbing shoulders with Chub Rock, Russell Peters, Jay Live, uh, Cosmo Baker, Sean Sotero, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, another journalist in hip hop, uh, Peter Rosenberg. You're, you're right in there. You're, you're in I'm great right company. in there. You're right in there. So, Am I the uh, only girl in that? Am I the only woman? No. Uh, let, me, let me confirm this here. Uh, what highest, other woman has gotten an 11 and I just want to know? Not that I'm competitive. Nikki, Nikki Jean, Nikki Jean uh, played our show. She's singer songwriter. Nikki Jean, she got there, and also Psalm One, uh, the rapper from Chicago, Minneapolis. She uh, also is in there. So you're, it's, it's not a sausage party. So I got um, eleven and a half. 
Okay. Yeah, 11 and a half. Okay. You're right in between. Hey, guys, if you have questions, Kim, do you have time to answer some questions from the chat? Like, if we if we do that a little bit, you want to hang out for sure, a little bit? Okay, really quick, before we do that, Thursday, we've got Questlove on the show, guys. So make sure you tune in and follow us. We're going to be there. We're also doing some interesting new things on Twitch. Click the link in our bio. We're doing new types of programming on Twitch. Follow us on Twitch. Let's see what the chat has to ask of Kim Osorio. Uh, Urban Chica asks, have you wrote or are you writing a memoir about your experiences in the hip-hop culture? You, you did. You, you I did. In 2008, I released the book uh, Straight from the Source, and it was about my time at the Source magazine. So I'm also working on another book project that's a little bit more personal, and that should be out hopefully um, by early next year. Awesome. All right. Somebody in the chat asked, did anybody ever catch feelings over over a review of their album? I feel like that, that must have happened a lot. We know rappers are sensitive. All the time. I think Mace was very upset about his two and a half mics on Double Up. I wrote a review. The um, staff uh, voted on it. So it's con- I think it, it you know, the, the rating two and a half is technically average, but I don't think that he was happy with that at the time. Yeah. Thankfully, years later, I did a great cover story with him and um, he had a different perspective. But yeah, but I don't think yeah, he was too happy. Had he found God by that point? Because I feel like that'll definitely calm you down from wanting to like yoke. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, oh, wow. A lot of double up comments in the chat. Wow. I, I had no idea. Uh, let's see. Quimby Nine asks, who is the funniest source columnist? Riggs Morales. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, here's a broader one from the chat. Who is your all-time favorite rapper? That's a tough one. Or I don't know if it'll be tough for you. Maybe you... Very tough for me to name one person. Um, hmm. Today, I'm going to go with, and this changes, but I'm going to go with Karis one. Hard to go wrong with KRS, the the teacher himself. All right, Mm -hmm. let's see. Oh, wow, this is an interesting one from Optics, and this is something that I've read about a lot. When's the last time you saw Biggie's belt? Are you familiar with the whole Biggie belt? Uh, Of course. Yeah. Can can you... Well, let's explain it for the people. Like, there's a there's a very long article that you guys can read about this that was posted on Medium, I believe, like a year or two ago. But basically, it was like Biggie left a belt at the offices of the source shortly before he died. And it sort of became this, like, cherished relic of the office. And nobody was allowed to leave, like, with it. It had to stay in the office, right? It had to stay on the door. As the story goes... um, there were some editors, he had a really great relationship. I wasn't there at the time with editors at the source and they were making fun of his belt. And so he bought a designer belt and changed his belt and took the cheap belt off, which was a really, really long belt. I think like it almost touched the floor when it was hung up and he hung the belt on the door and he said, I'm coming back for my belt next week. Nobody better take my belt off the door. He put it on the door in the back of the music editor's office and Obviously, as we know, he um, was murdered uh, like a couple weeks after that. So the belt stood on the door of the source offices for a long time. Everyone didn't know the story, but those of us that did know were very protective over the Biggie belt. So we used to rub the bell, like, you know, because we know it kind of gave us some sort of 
connection to big. And the last time I saw it was the last time, you know, we saw it every day. So it was like one of the last times I was up at the source. Amazing. It was, on, it was still on the door when I, when I left. That, that is one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. If you, you guys need to definitely check it out. There's just Google Biggie Belt. There's like a very like detailed, thorough explanation and like, Nobody is really sure where it is right now, but like, but they know that it wasn't thrown out. Like somebody has it. It's like this hip hop. (laughs) Somebody has the belt. And yet every time I've taken my belt off at an office, I'm asked to leave. I don't understand. (laughs) Um, All right. Don't try this at home. Don't try it at home. Yeah. Only rappers only. What was up with the 4.5 Black Rob, the life story rating? What, what you mean, what was up with it? I mean, I think we all love that album. Some really great cuts on there. Um, I stand behind that. That album is uh, that album has a song on it, Can I Live? Which Jadakiss yeah. told the story of that song on the Versus Battle. Um, and that song alone, hands down, gets four and a half. Is there, ever, has, has there ever been an album... I know that you guys retroactively have uh, like some albums that got lower scores were then upgraded later, you know, like something like, I believe the chronic by Dr. Dre got a bump at one point and and there, there, there's a few, but were there any that like didn't get that push that you in your time there sort of wish you could go back and like, just to make right in the world, was there anything that you feel like got shorted that you'd love to give that boost up to a higher score? Off the top of my head, I'm going to say the ones that we went back retroactively and gave the five mics to, like the Midnight Marauders, which is what messed me up on that question. Because I knew it was Mm. the first album, but I'm such like, that's like one of my top three albums of all time. So, you know, it just came to my mind. Um, I remember that album. I think uh, Enter the 36 was also something that we went back retroactively. Like these are to me like the biggest classics that did not get the five mic rating at the time. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard, you know, like, like we said earlier, hindsight is twenty twenty sometimes. So there could, there could be a lot of factors in why something might not, you know, get its just due at the time. Um, I am music attorney, <laughs> which is a very creative name, uh, or no LA music attorney. That's a little bit better. What are some of your favorite non-rap albums or singles? What, what else do you listen to outside of hip hop? This stuff outside of hip hop. Yeah. Like are, are there, <laughs> I would it, say, uh, I would say more recently I'm into what like kind of, I like to dig in the crate. So I like to go back and look at a lot of the songs that were sampled from, you know, some of my favorite records and, and, um, listen to that. But I mean, I have so many, it's hard to pick like one song or. Yeah. That's we don't like your line of questioning LA music attorney to try, try a little bit better. Um, he's he's talking about stakes is high. That's my favorite rap song of all time. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Are throwback issues of the source pre nineteen ninety nine worth a lot of money? I guess you're praising uh, old merchandise now. <laughs> I, don't I don't have all of them, but they are definitely worth um, a lot of money. At least to me, they would be. And I see that a lot of people are charging, like on eBay or whatever. 
you know, like $30 per issue. Not that that's so much, but. But you know. still way more than the cover value of it was. I think I have the, the tribe breakup issue somewhere in here. I have to dig it up. That might be the oldest one that I know I still have. Um, I want that. What would you say? I said, I want that issue. Uh, listen, we can make a deal. Maybe I'll sell it to you. Um, and I'll even autograph it. Uh, think about it. You don't have to answer. You don't have to answer right now. Um, Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we thank really appreciate it. We appreciate you so much. We, you know, we, we wanted to get you for a while. I'm glad we finally made it happen. Uh, thank you for everything you've done for the culture. Thank you for everything that you continue to do. And, uh, Anything else you want to say to everybody? Anything to be on the lookout for? I know you said you're working on that mixtape, uh, Tale of the Tape documentary. A anything else? No, I just want to thank you for having me. Um, I had a lot of fun. I definitely want to do it again in the finals. We'll have you back. We will definitely have you back. For sure. Awesome. Well, take care. Back be to my safe. Wine. Enjoy the rest of your wine. Uh, and peace. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Major shout out and thanks again to Kim Osorio for hopping on to do this back in 2020. It was really fun revisiting this, and I know Kim has been keeping busy. She's been doing a lot of things since. You can keep up with what she's been doing by clicking on her social links, which I will put in the show notes. Um, Kim, if you're listening to this, we're going to hang out in New York City. I'm putting it out there right now in October. It's happening. Big up to the Stony Island audio crew. Shout out to the Questions Patreon. Shout out to Midas the Beast and Czarism for making the show's theme. Big shout out to everybody who listens to the show and super big props if you subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And hey, I think you know where this is going. I got to wrap this up, but I'm going to be back next week with another episode of the Questions Hip Hop Podcast. Bye-bye.